The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103. Now, in case you missed it, a yoga teacher and Wexford native is among the candidates to take part in the latest series of BBC's The Apprentice. The entrepreneur is best known by her Instagram name, Yoga with Maura, and is the owner of her own yoga teaching company. Maura, who's currently based in Dublin and from Gorey in County Wexford, is battling it out for investment and mentorship in this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to ultimately win a quarter of a million pounds. Before we speak to Maura, let's take a quick listen to the trailer of the latest season of BBC's Apprentice. This remains one of the toughest processes around. I need you to create a virtual escape room. I don't think that's very close. You've been using crumble and the fish cake. Are you kidding? Every second count! You lost me money. Sorry, guys. Shush, shush. Just tell the truth. (laughs) Time to talk business. You're fired. Now, Maura Rath joins me on the line now. It's so lovely to speak to you this morning, Maura, and for joining me on the Sunday Grill. So excited and to hear about your experience from what we've seen so far. But first, before we get into it, people who don't know you, Maura, what do you do and what's your link to the Southeast? Yeah, so I'm Maura Rath and my business is Yoga with Maura and I'm a born bred Wexford woman. That's my link to the lovely. Southeast. And um, yeah, so I have a yoga business. I kicked off my yoga business in early 2018. And here I am, you know, six years later, battling for 250 grand um, on The Apprentice. I don't really know how that happened. It's extraordinary. Yeah, it's a wild journey. (laughs) Uh, Come here. What do you do in the business, in the yoga business? What do you do? Yeah, so it is so basically I have an online yoga studio and um, you can find me online, Yoga with Mora, and basically I have live yoga class every day. I also host yoga retreats here in Ireland and also abroad. I also have a yoga teacher training. I also um, run corporate yoga classes, in-person events, and I do some free sunrise yoga events every month. So my hands are pretty full at the moment. And I, this is just another thing to try. I was going to say, how do you find the time for it? So you're one of the contestants on the latest BBC show, The Apprentice. For people who don't know it or haven't heard of it, what is the show and also where do you find the time for it? So, so basically, um, I just got a notion. Uh, last year, I was like, I'm looking for investment in my, for my business. Well, I have known for a while that I have wanted to take yoga more outside of Ireland. I'm pretty much a household name here. I feel like I am. Um, and the goal is to kind of get around the world, get into the UK. So I just randomly on my Instagram, an ad popped up for The Apprentice. Haven't really watched it myself. I, I, I've watched the odd episode. I knew what it was about, what Alan Sugar was about. And I just said, you know what, I'll throw in an application and see how it goes. And um, it's weird. It's weird. I'm a big manifester as well. And I just put in the application and I was like, I'm going to get that. And then, you know, lo and behold, here I am battling my way through and I'm past week three now. So it's very exciting. It is. It is exciting because you're not, it's not just, you know, a couple of people. They're all very experienced people, all, like you say, hounding for the same thing. 250 grand investment. It's extraordinary. Remind us, uh, Maura, for those of us who don't know the show, who is Alan Sugar ultimately? Yeah, so basically he is a billionaire and he's a big investor and he's been part of this show for almost 20 years. And what you're actually battling for is actually, 
him to give you £250,000, which is about €280,000. So it's pretty life-changing. Um, and it's not just that. You'll also get his mentorship um, and being the opportunity to get your business, especially for someone like me. That's, you know, a small business in Ireland opportunity to get it into the UK. So it's a pretty uh, life-changing opportunity. That being said, anyone that's watched the show, ever, people are like, Maura, what were you doing? You're a <laughs> yoga teacher. Like, and I don't know what I've done. <laughs> My life is pretty calm, pretty boring. Um, but you know what? I just feel like I'm someone that when I just get stuck into something, I just stick my teeth in. So people are probably going to see a different side <laughs> to me battling my way out. You do have <laughs> to get my way through. You do have to get quite gritty. I'd say, Maura, at the moment, you're probably the least boring person I've spoken to today. <laughs> you're on this 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 massive TV show. It was in America as well. It came over to the UK. It took a bit of a break, and now you're back on it on the screens. So when it comes to challenges, like you say, you're you're not afraid to get, I suppose, get your head down to business. What are the challenges yeah. like going up against? You're, you're split into two teams. Uh, how many contestants are a part of it and what's that like? So it started out with 18 of us candidates and almost like everyone is a successful business person. But, you know, the edit, we film for a couple of days and then you guys only see an hour of what actually happens. So basically, um, the first task, we headed off to Scotland, which I was a bit disappointed because last year they they sent people off to the Caribbean. So I had my <laughs> bikini packed. Little did I know I was going up to the freezing Scottish Highlands. But I got stuck right in. And you know what? I love water. I love the Irish Sea. So I was totally happy with that task. That being said, no one even seen the stuff that I did in that task because it wasn't, it was all very positive. And what did you have so to do? I literally had to take a group um, through this gauge walking near the lock. And it was incredible. But that really didn't get much of a cut um, because I suppose TV as well, mm. you want to see all of the kind of. Um, I suppose a negative stuff so that the first week you didn't see too much but then the second week I was selling cheesecakes which is totally out of my comfort zone um, but um, I done two wins in a row so it's been pretty amazing Fantastic and what's it like Maura being in the boardroom when Alan Sugar says those iconic that iconic phrase you're fired <laughs> what is that like? to be honest it's it's bananas like I actually haven't been um so we're true task tree luckily I haven't been fired yet and I haven't heard those words and I'm just hoping I'm just manifesting you know I'm representing Ireland representing Wexford I'm gonna hopefully not hear those words but I have to say when you get into that boardroom your heart is beating everything's on the line you're like I'm here um and it's just a wild experience it is. And I'd say it's incredibly intense that when he says, he points the word, you're fired. You've been very lucky. You're, like you say, you've been on the two of the winning teams so far. And ultimately, yeah. how does it feel then watching it back after you've been on it? Absolutely cringe. I can't, I can, I don't know what it is. I don't know about you on the radio if you don't like your own <laughs> voice. Like I'm looking at myself, I'm like, oh God. Um, so it is cringe really, but you know what? It is, I'm proud of myself. Every Thursday night, I'm getting together with my family. We're having a little bit of a viewing party. So I'm just enjoying it. And you know what? Um, you know, the show is kind of known for some people being quite like vicious and attacking each other. And I'm not about that in business. I believe that like women can support each other, women can be strong. And that's what I'm doing. And I'm not taking down anyone I'm just being myself and speaking my truth so I have to be able to stand by that 
It's fantastic. What's it like working with the other contestants, Maura? Is there some maybe, <laughs> like you say, you're trying to bring the best you can. I'd say there's some uh, c- controversial personalities maybe in there. There is some strong characters. <laughs> I have to say, like, you know, I am someone that I am with everyone. But, you know, I am a girl's girl. So um, this week was the first week that we were split up and mixed with the boys. So that was a bit of a change. You know, it was definitely easier working with the, t- with the girls' teams. But I am, um, you know what, everyone is great. Like, you, you guys don't see anything thing you don't you or you do see everything but you don't see like some little bits and in the house we all were like a family we all got on so well um and then when, when you're on task it just it just means business mm-hmm. straight in head down no messing yeah. more That's what's it. the plan when you do hear the words that you're going to win at the end of it what are your plans um, for the two hundred and eighty thousand euro for the overall winner what would do you have plans what would you like to do with it for yeah, your business I've got big plans big plans i suppose the first step would be um focusing on just growing my business at the moment i'm very much a one woman band i do have a little bit of help but i would love to be able to hire some more help in you know help with my marketing um just growth that's what it's all about and just i suppose getting into different places that i'm able to be in all over the world and not just in ireland that's that's the big picture well, we wish you the very best of luck from us here at Beach, Maura. And tell us where, we, where and when we can watch the next episode of The Apprentice. So next Thursday night, you can watch it on BBC One and it's at nine o'clock. So thank you so much. And I love BFM. So thanks for having me on. It's so lovely to chat to you. Not at all. Thank you. Thank you. We'll make sure to hear from you again when you win, Maura. Is that all right? That's I'll give it. you a bell That's then. I'm going to hear a manifest <laughs> and I'm going to take it home. I love it. Manifest. <laughs> Maura Rath, best of luck. And thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat. Now, for 1,200 people living with cystic fibrosis in Ireland, extended stays in hospital are commonplace and can mean their support network is doing a round-trip daily commute from all over Ireland or facing mounting hotel bills. The Julian Benson Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is hosting an open day for tradespeople to donate their time and skills for a special project, a house for families dealing with the extended travel. Joining me on the line now to tell me more is Louise Dugan, head of the charity. You're very welcome along this morning, Louise. First off, what is the Julian Benson Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and why was it established? So the Julian Benson Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is building a home away from home for people and their families living with cystic fibrosis. The inspiration behind this house has come directly from Julian. Julian himself has lived with cystic fibrosis since he was diagnosed at the age of two. And he has seen people having to sleep on floors, having to rush home to get trains to to Dublin, to Donegal or to Galway, where they can't stay with their loved one. So the inspiration behind Tranquility House is that it will be a home away from home, that people can support their loved ones while they're in hospital and they can be 20 minutes away from St. Vincent's in a Tranquility House on Grosvenor Road in Rathgar. It's something that's so vital for families when they have to travel long distances for any type of treatment, but in particular for cystic fibrosis patients, St. Vincent's, like you said, is the primary hub. St. Vincent's is de- is de- uh, is located in the centre of Dublin City, uh, Dublin County. It's very hard to get to as a local, but from people travelling from Sligo, Cork, Donegal, it's an outstanding journey for people that have to go for the treatment, but also then return home and come back again. And it's exhausting. Tell me about how vital this is for the families dealing with the Julian Benson Foundation. So from from the, the family's point of view, 
the, the, the person that they're supporting, be it their child or their teenager or their husband or wife or brother or sister, they have to make sure that they get someone to hospital safely. But the intention is that when you're in hospital, you need that extra support. You need that extra bit of care. And we want to make sure that loved ones can be close by. There is no facility like this in Ireland at the moment. And that's why from Julian's point of view, Julian established this foundation in 2018 because he himself has been living with cystic fibrosis since he was diagnosed at the age of two. And he witnessed people sleeping on chairs, people unable to stay with their loved ones because they had to rush home to get a train to go home to Donegal or to Galway. So the whole idea with Tranquility House is that we look after everybody. Everybody who comes through those doors are going to feel cared for. The fridge will be full, the heat will be on. You know that when you've you've spent the day in hospital caring for your loved one, you can come home and we'll take care of you because the support network around sick people sometimes is the unsung hero. So we want to make sure that we refer to as a home with a hug. When you come in and you close the door to your apartment, you know that you're somewhere that you're being looked after. And tomorrow then you can find the strength to get back into that hospital and support your loved one. The house, uh, Louise, uh, you're calling for tradespeople to donate their time and skills on an open day on February 23rd. Before we chat about that and what kind of people you're looking for, tell me about the house and how the charity acquired it and where it's located. Okay, so the house is located on Grosvenor Road in Rathgar and how it was, how it was, um, how we acquired the house was significant fundraising. Over the last five years, the foundation has undertaken some very big fundraising activities. We hosted Ball annually, which drives a significant charity or fundraising drive for us. But also we've had amazing support from the Irish public um, on, on our particular fundraising drives that we've done, which enabled us to be in a position to seek a house in this area. The reason we chose the the Rathgar area was because we wanted somewhere as close as possible to St. Vincent's, but also we wanted a house that we could turn into apartments. And this house is ideal. It's number 58 Grosvenor Road. And the road, when you drive onto it, it's probably the most beautiful road. It's a very tranquil road, hence the name of our house. And our intention is that one of those apartments will be turned into a wheelchair accessible apartment. So we have, we're very fortunate. We have the wonderful Dermot Bannon and his team and the Room to Improve crew supporting us on this journey. Um, And so each of the four apartments are being designed by Dermot and his team. Ultimately then what will happen is anybody coming to stay in this house, they will be able to access independently. They'll be able to open their own door, come in and go as they please 24-7 because it will be their apartment exclusively for that period of time. But this house has stood for over 100 years and our intention is with the help of the Irish public that it will stand for at least another 100 years and every single one of those 1,200 people whose families need access to this home that they will have access whenever they need it. The Tranquility House itself needs the renovation and there's a call for tradespeople of all kinds from every corner of the country, including the Southeast, to donate their skills and their time to make sure that this dream comes true, Louise. Tell me what kind of work needs to be done and what kind of tradespeople are you looking for? 
So I can paint you a picture of this house. Um, I mentioned it stood for over 100 years. It hasn't been lived in for around 20 years. So there is significant work to be done in the house. So we are looking for all kinds of trades companies, supplier companies to come on board with us, ranging from carpenters, plumbers, all the way down or across to conservation and heritage specialists. As I said earlier, the house has stood for 100 years and our goal is to honour the 100 year legacy that this house has stood for. So where we can, we want to restore and retain original parts of the house. So even if there's companies out there listening who are experts in restoration of cornicing, anything to do with heritage, we'd love to hear from them. And I also should mention, we're also putting a call out to gardeners, to landscape gardeners. We're very fortunate we have Peter Donegan, Peter is the Irish gold medal winner at the Melbourne Flower Show last year. He's the only Irish man who's ever won gold. And Peter is designing our gardens within Tranquility House. So we'll have a beautiful house inside with Dermot and his team. And we'll have a spectacular garden outside so that when you come to this house, you will have everything you need just by coming through the front door. If you're listening to this now, we're chatting to Louise Dugan, head of the charity Julian Benson Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. There is a house in Dublin that can support families who are travelling to support their loved ones getting treatment for cystic fibrosis in Dublin. And they're calling for tradespeople this Friday in 151 Thomas Street, Dublin 8, in the masonry building. So you can uh, have trades and suppliers. Uh, You're looking for carpenters, plumbers, electricians, tilers, gardeners, Floors, people of all kinds to donate, painters, electrical equipment, heating systems, gardens and uh, materials, plants, uh, facility management companies to come forward, bathrooms, kitchens, interiors. There's so much. If you're listening in now, this is where you need to be on Friday. Tell us a little bit more about the open day and how people can get involved, Louise. So how people can get involved if they go to jbcff.com, they can register to join us on Friday the 23rd, as you've said, in Thomas Street, Dublin 8. On the 23rd, Dermot and Peter and their teams will all be there and we'll be sharing the plans for the house. And the intention is that companies that can join us on the day will come and see the plans, will understand where they may be able to play a part, where they may be able to join us on this journey. And then the ask will be for on the 2nd of April, we're starting a 10-day blitz. We're going to ask people who've joined us on the 23rd and registered and have met the team to come along that week and to help us accelerate this build. We have a very ambitious opening date of the 1st of August, but Julian will say it's it's not an ambitious date. It is the date. It is the date that we are going to open this house. It's very much needed. So the plan is come along on the 23rd, register on jbcff.com and then be part of this journey and stand back in pride on the 1st of August and leave your own legacy in this house, whereby we open a house that doesn't exist today and we make sure the 1,200 people who need it are getting a house and their support and their loved ones can support them much, much easier than they can today. Louise, very best of luck with the project for Tranquility House in Dublin and also the uh, the call for tradespeople this coming Friday between 10 and half three and also the Blitz and the opening day. It's an extraordinary uh, support effort for people living with cystic fibrosis in Ireland to dream big, do more and get involved with Tranquility House in Dublin. Louise, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you. The Sunday Grail on Beat. 
Now, whether you're into Scrabble, Countdown or word games in general, there's plenty on offer in the lead up to summer for you if you're a beginner or an expert. I'm joined in studio now by Owen Jackson to tell me a bit more about the events. Owen, you're going to tell me about the in-person word game events around the country and the southeast for 2024. But before we get into it, you're no stranger to these types of events. Tell me, how would people have seen you before if they were big into TV show word games? in 2017 well uh, they might if they watched Countdown the, <laughs> um, the show that's been gone it was actually the first show ever broadcast on Channel 4 their um, flagship, uh, flagship quiz show um, then they might have seen me on it I went on in 2017 and it went better than expected not once <laughs> eight times eight, eight time. times in a row Eight-time champion yeah. as well. Octo-champ, yeah. what yeah. they say of Countdown. That's what they call it, yeah. It's, uh, that's the most you're allowed to do. <laughs> if you win one, you come back and do another. And if you get eight, then it's, they're done with you and you might make the series finals. Okay. So that's how it goes. What was that experience like? Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, they're, they're just, They make you feel so relaxed as well. Everyone's so friendly and they make you feel like you're you're part of the gang kind of thing, you know. It's, it's lovely. Um. And the green room, you're in the green room with all the other contestants chatting and watching shows. You can go out in the audience and watch the show as well while you're waiting for your one. And it's just a lovely couple of days in Manchester. Manchester. So yeah. it's not once but twice. You would have had to have taken the trip over a couple of times. You're a Waterford man. What was it like to have to travel so far for it? Well, here's the thing now is that, yeah, you get to travel over to Salford and stay in a hotel. And what's like, I would completely, anyone who's even in any way interested in word games, do it. Don't be afraid, just do it. Now, the only thing that you might be embarrassed about is maybe you come up against some whiz kid and you get slaughtered. Loads of eight and nine letter yeah, words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's that's the thing that you might turn someone off is the prospect of that happening and being embarrassed on TV. But if that's not an issue for you, go because they will pay for your flights. They oh. will pay for your hotel. You can give them expenses for your food if, if you want to. Like, they're so generous. It's like a, a all-expenses-paid trip to a beautiful Riverside Hotel in Salford, if nothing else. Not once, so, but eight times. Yeah, eight times. Oh, here's the thing about that, actually. <laughs> um, it's it's um, recorded over just, like, they do five shows a day. Wow. So, uh, usually with the Irish contestants, they get them to fly over on the Monday. They do a three-day filming block, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And most Irish contestants that I've I've heard of have been asked to go over on the Monday and then they'll record five shows on the Monday and then three on the Tuesday and then back home. That's just, Assuming they get the Surely full eight, that is. that's fatiguing as well for players, having to use your brain for such a long period of yeah. time and be so competitive to use it as well. It's not just words, it's numbers as well, if you've never seen Countdown. It's, 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 I didn't realise how draining it was going to be because you're just kind of having fun and you, obviously you do have to concentrate and kind of like... Um, Focus a lot to try and get good words in each round. But um, after the first day, I was there on the Monday and I played five games straight through. We had a break for dinner and that. But um, it just I was absolutely just collapsed oh. after game five. And I was just like, just want to go straight to bed. Okay. You know, you'd be absolutely wrecked. You after got it. a good night's sleep that night. What brought you to apply yeah. for the show? Were you big into Scrabble and things like that at home? No, I was, never, I was never really into Scrabble. Like, I love board games and things in general. Like, I would like a board game or a game of cards or something. But um, uh, Countdown is something I used to watch casually. And then I started putting it in the planner and watching it as a daily thing around, oh, I'd say 2008, 2009, as soon as you're allowed to record on Sky, mm-hmm. basically. And um, so, so I enjoyed it. And then I found um, one of the, the champions in 2010, Jack Hurst. He um, mentioned that he played online 
with o- other series champions and finalists. I was like, what's this? Can I do this? I didn't know you could do that. Exactly. <laughs> and it was very hard to find. It's, it's like um, a, you have to learn a secret handshake, I think, <laughs> one of those kind of things. But it wasn't. The easy. dark web. Kind yeah, of. <laughs> yeah, totally. It wasn't easily Googleable. Okay. Well, it, it, they call, it's called, instead of being called like Countin, it's called Apterus. Um, and How I do think, you spell that? Um, <laughs> A-P-T-E-R-O-U-S. And it's to do with a flightless insect. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of, um, what's the word for it? Uh, malcontent <laughs> in the founding of that site because I think your man who founded Charlie Reams wanted to have an affiliate with Countdown and they said no and then he's like fine then screw you kind of thing It's there's a little bit of petulance okay. there I think they don't work in sync with each other yeah they, they wouldn't kind of give it the green light they wouldn't okay it and kind of um, help fund it and this stuff so he set up himself and this thing this site is so intricate it's like He's like Mark Zuckerberg or something. It's like the coding that went into that. It's like there's just layers upon layers upon layers of stats and it's an unbelievable website. And that brought you to apply yeah, that Yeah, I found this around Halloween 2010. <laughs> um, and myself and some of my family, my brother-in-law especially, played it obsessively for a little while. Um, and yeah, so when I was on the site, you, you play games against other people um, in real time. And what I learned while there is that the one big regret that people have when they go on Countdown and then they discover Apterus is that they go on before they get good. Okay, this is a practice round it, yeah. nearly, uh, yeah, many yeah, of totally. them. Yeah, totally. And like that's, the, the, when I, the advice I was given is don't go on now. Even if you want to go on the show, it's great. You should go on, but don't do it now. Wait, get good, then go on. Okay. You know, and it was great advice. And I said to him, at first, I, I didn't intend to go on, but I said, because by looking number seven, I was like, mm-hmm. I'll go on series 77 because that seemed like it was way in the future. And then as it turned out, as it was getting closer and closer, like, oh, are you going on Series 7, is it? And it's like, uh, yeah, I suppose so, you know, kind of like. And then it came about. And, and when was, you apply then mm, for the show, do you have to do a test to get in? You do, okay. yeah. They do. They do. They used to do, yeah, you used to have to travel to do an audition, but now they do it over the phone. So they'll ring you um, and they'll give you, it's, I think, five rounds of letters, two numbers and one conundrum. Okay, we're going to chat about the numbers mm. now. I know from watching Countdown for years of my vintage, it was always on at four o'clock on a Friday. And now there's the new lease of life from the uh, eight out of 10 cats does countdown. Some of them contestants and a lot of the regular countdown contestants write down the number multiplications before they go in. Did you do that? Um, no, mainly just I just got good at it from just practicing on actress. I got good. My numbers were strong. They were stronger than my letters in the first place. Mm-hmm. They were what I was better at when I went to that game. Interesting. Um, but yeah, you would you would want to kind of automatically know your seventy five times tables and things like this, like know that, quicker than yeah, other exactly. people. Exactly. If you instantly know like eight seventy five six hundred that kind of thing, just get straight to it, so you can kind of then worry about the more intricate parts of getting to the target. You know, but if you struggle with those bits, then it's going to be hard to get it's it in harder. 30 seconds. So if you're just tuning in now, we're chatting to Owen Jackson, Waterford man and eight-time champions of Countdown, the quiz game show, uh, all about words and numbers. But the reason we're chatting to him today is about uh, there's Southeast in-person word game events, not just in the Southeast, but around the country. And the first of four happened yesterday in Waterford. Owen, tell me about what the events we have lined up for people that... I'd imagine are for anyone that can apply. Uh, what do we have to look yeah, forward to? Completely. Um, the thing about these tournaments is there will be some geniuses at it. Like your man, Fergal Weatherhead. Uh, he's the All-Ireland champion and he comes to most of those events. 
and there's a fair chance he's going to win him. He's so good. Champion of? Uh, he's the All-Ireland. Scrabble champion is what Scrabble. he is. Yeah, okay. he, he won it. The All-Ireland was, it was actually in Waterford uh, in 2023. It, it switches um, location from year to year, but it was Waterford last year. I'd say it's fun to be a part of the uh, the audience. Can you go as a viewer rather than a spectator? You can, but it's, I, I don't know. Actually, there's one person who does it all the time now, I think okay. of it. There's um, this young fellow called Shane, who's he's only doing his leaving search, but he loves the tournaments and he brings his dad. And I always annoy his dad. And I was like, <laughs> come on, would you not just Someday. join up like and have a few games? And no, I'm happy to watch. I'm happy to watch. So he he does. Get that. the he confidence, kinda, maybe. Yeah, he kind of chills out at the back of the room and kind of walks around and spectates on games now and then, see how his son is doing and that. But um, yeah, so you, you would allow spectators. But more often than not, they're like with someone. Okay. They're like someone's... Um, uh, Wingman, Scrab- Scrabble widow, <laughs> usually. <laughs> so let's look. You had your first event in Waterford yesterday. What did that look like? Oh, it was great. It was brilliant. We, um, it's kind of a cozy environment. The place we have, um, Tom Drone, he's the man. He um, runs the Cove on the Dummer Road, that bar, um, and he's mad into the Scrabble. So because of that, we have the venue upstairs in the Cove, and so that's where we had it. And um, there's a big screen there so you can put all the kind of current results and standings and who you're playing the next round all goes up on the big screen. So it's very... It's an all-day event. Yeah, seven games. You would be wrecked after it. Yeah. It, it, is, it is quite tiring, but it's, it's great fun. Straight home to bed after that last yeah. night. So what can other people like? We have four... There was four events lined up for 2024. That was the first in Waterford, the first of four events to take place in Waterford. And there's also one in Wexford. Tell me about those. Do you know what? <laughs> Ah, that's a grand drop. Good cup now. of coffee. The drop. best in, in Waterford. It's delicious. Um, but what was, yeah, what, what really just stood out to me, and I didn't really cop onto this until recently, um, is that if you look at the tournament scene in general with word games, not just Scrabble, Scrabble and Countdown, there are several events on per year. There's one in Dublin, one in Sligo, there is one in Wexford, um, it's Cork, um, Donegal actually is a new one this year. But there's four in Waterford. <laughs> Like, what the hell is that about? It's because it's of you. Oh, no, anyway. you know what? Yeah, it, it, there's like four of those and there's no other county has more than one. So it just, it's turning into kind of like Waterford is turning into this hub for word game enthusiasts. And when you say word game, is it just Scrabble that people can look forward to? Scrabble's the big one yeah. now. That's the one that has the most events. The Countdown's the other one. It's um, There's only three events in, uh, in Countdown this year. I think... There might be an extra one put on. It depends on Paul, what he's doing. It's a makeshift of the TV yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the, the counting events, it, it's pretty much the TV show. Everyone plays the same letters at the same time. You have a direct opponent and you see how you do and there's the rankings at the end. Someone do wins. they have the clock, the same clock that's in the show? We don't have the visual. No, I don't have the visual on screen. But the but sound, we do have maybe? The music. Yeah, okay, the music. I love it. Um, yeah. I used to have it on the Nintendo DS years ago when, yeah. uh, I'm, you're going to say, maybe 2010, looking back, and it was so much fun. And we had the board game as well when I was a kid. And we had like the, the little thing that you click and it had the sound on it that looked like the clock Excellent. as well. So, yeah. Owen, these events are happening around the region and around the country this year. Scrabble and Word in-person all-day events for people to look forward to. So mm. tell us, how can people find out more information? Well, the uh, Scrabble events, that's counting. The Scrabble events are um, often, they're actually full weekend events. They're like Saturday and Sunday, mostly. Now, the one yesterday, that was a one-day event, but they're quite rare on the calendar. I think every single other event in the Scrabble calendar 
is a two-day event. You want to book off the weekend. They would, yeah. And often what the scrabblers do is they travel down and the, the event is usually in a hotel and they stay in the hotel and they during the Saturday night, when everyone's there, they usually have either a few games of cards or a table quiz sometimes or some, something. You Go know. for dinner together and get to but know the, would, compo- the opponents. Yeah. <laughs> is there a website or a Facebook page or there is are. there... Can you There's tell us about them? Uh, so if you wanted to, if you're, if you're looking kind of local, if you're looking to do something in the southeast, there's uh, a couple of clubs around. One of the big ones is down in Waterford. You have the Afterword Scrabble Club. They meet once a month, second Thursday of the month. And uh, that page is on Facebook. It's not actually on any other social media site. They probably should expand out to TikTok close and Instagram. Niche. It's close niche. It's, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> just on Facebook. And anything that's upcoming that page is going to put out an announcement about it of any events that are coming up on the calendar. So, like, the next one is going to be the Cork Scrabble Tournament in March. So, that's the 23rd and 24th of March, I think, that weekend. And then there'll be... Um, what do we have then? Oh, there's going to be Countdown in Sligo then. A full Countdown on. weekend in Sligo. It, it'll be just... The Countdown's only ever one day. But it'll be a Saturday. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what date that is. And then there's one in Waterford in May. In May, that's May 18th. Owen, there's loads that you've shed a light on here, especially how much crack you can have. That it's, There's this massive social element to these uh, tournaments and events for, all surrounded by in-person word games. Owen Jackson, thank you so much for joining me in the studio and best of luck in the tournaments. Thank you so much. I'll try my best. See how we go. <laughs> the Sunday Grill on Beat. Now, an original staged reading for Culture Night 2023. Sacred Old Cow is being performed as the main space in Smock Alley in Dublin on February 25th as part of the Seen and Heard Festival. Joining me on the line now is Tipperary local artist Paul Sheen to tell me more. Paul, you're very welcome along to the show. I saw the title Sacred Old Cow and I thought, what is this about? And it's a Love, laugh, uh, culture-filled comedy. Tell me, what is it and how it came about? Firstly, thanks a million, Jolene, for having me on. Uh, real pleasure to, to be back on Sunday Grill. Delighted uh, to have you. a great time the last time I was on. So, uh, yeah, so what's the elevator pitch? <laughs> uh, Sacred Old Cow basically is a multicultural madcap tale told in the old Irish Shabine by an Irishman to an Englishman and an Indian. And the premise, a furniture delivery driver, jobless and out of love, is offered a unique task to transport a divine cow from the south to the north of Ireland as an offering for a wedding in his furniture van. Cue an Irish born Indian teen on the run from an arranged marriage. And then, Jolene, you have the unlikeliest of trios bombing it up the boreen with cronies on their tails all in pursuit of the sacred old cow. How did you come up with something like this? I've been grinning from cheek to cheek. What is going on? Like, it just kind of keeps building and building and building, but ultimately it is a comedy. How did it come about, Paul? So I joined forces with a local group, Clomel Theatre Guild, last summer, and Culture Night was on the horizon, Mm -hmm. and we were sat around the table, having a pint outside a hotel. It's often how these stories begin, isn't it? Over a pint. (laughs) And basically, we were told, uh, does anyone have any ideas maybe for an original piece? And I just was sat there and the idea initially of an Irish Indian wedding popped into my head. And so I began 
uh, seeking out Indian people, Indian immigrants to interview uh, about the Irish experience and all of their various stories. And I thought I was going to find all sorts of controversy, given that, you know, still to this day, the, the tradition of Indian marriage can be quite sacrosanct. But I actually found that it's not too dissimilar nowadays from ourselves. It's quite liberal there. I was speaking with Indian people who were married to other Irish people, Romanians, so on and so forth. And I went, mm, this, this, there could be something in it, but I don't think it's juicy enough. So, just throw in so a I cow then as well, doing, make it juicier. So, yeah, I just started doing research online and I kind of thought, well, the cow is, is quite an important symbol for both countries. And I thought, well, how do I merge the two? And given now that the Indian population in Ireland is the third largest immigrant group in the country, and, and there is such an integral part of the country too, whether it be in you know, healthcare or IT, they play a massive part. And I think their, their influence is growing across the country. The last part of the puzzle was my own personal experience with Indian people um, I worked in education for a spell myself when I was younger and young and broke and would often walk in to class, you know, probably not, you know, penniless and, and, and starving. And the familial aspect, there would be Tupperwares of food waiting for me in the classroom with my name on them, completely unprompted, just the generosity and the warmth and kindness. I think there's a there's a very strong parallel in terms of the the family unit between Ireland and India and I kind of just grasped onto that and just kept finding stories and then yeah as you said uh, a heifer managed to <laughs> wrangle her way in there so that that that's it in a nutshell and I just kept developing it I went away I was I was based in New York for a few years but I came back around uh, August of 2020 and I go back and forth quite often now. But I went over and I said, right, let's just try and write this thing. And then I came back with the story and, and that was it. And you did Sacred Old Cow. It, it, it debuted in Culture Night last year. And the uh, response, Paul, let's just say it was extraordinary. You had before it had uh, been uh, staged, it's, the tickets sold out in three days. What was the response like on the night? Uh, so we were we were in the back. I mean, it was an appropriate setting. So we did it as a rehearsed reading. We did it in the back of a pub in a function room, and we had close to 170 people. And we were quite anxious about: the, Are we going to have anybody here? And the line was out firmly out the door, and just the buzz that built because obviously there's that curiosity. Mm -hmm. People, are, what the hell is this going to be about? <laughs> the difference this time around: that piece was roughly two hours long. So it was two acts, an hour each. We have been set uh, quite the unique task by Quiva, Kleena and company up at Smock Alley, Hello Girls, to get this down to an hour. So it, it is actually being performed. There's elements of film, theatre and dance and live music. So it's a, it's a whole cavalcade of, of different uh, disciplines. And it's, it's an experience. That's what we're aiming for. It's, it's on a Sunday and and given the sacred aspect, I think it'll be a different kind of holy service altogether. <laughs> so. <laughs> and like you said, it's a fusion of uh, crazy comedy, film, theatre and dance. If people's interests are, are, are peaked or are tweaked, uh, Paul, how can they find out how to see the next showing of Sacred Old Cow? 
So very, very easy, Jolene. The Seen and Heard Festival box office is on the Smock Alley Theatre website. Uh, that's smockalley.com. Big shout out to all the other artists who are currently prepping to go on stage or still putting the last pieces together of their show. There are some uh, early bird tickets, I still believe, uh, available. So you should definitely jump on those while you have the chance. And the festival runs from the 15th until the 2nd. We are the 25th on Sunday at 2 p.m. And we're block number 42 in the main space. And yeah, there's, you're going to get a warm welcome when you come in the door. Um, if you're walking past Smock Alley and you hear some sitar, guitar, you know, don't be afraid. Come in and, and embrace the sacred old cow. Great stuff, Paul. So for an unforgettable evening of laugh, love and culture, old sacred old cow is taking to the stage at Smock Alley in Dublin at 2 p.m. on February to 25th. That's next Sunday. Paul, thank you so much. And if people want to find out more information, they can go to smockalley.com. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Or at Sacred Old Cow on Instagram. I'll be going straight there now to follow. Paul, <laughs> thank you so much and very best of luck with the showing. I'm sure it's not the last that we'll have heard of it and I'd be delighted to hear how it went. Thanks, Million Jolie. An absolute pleasure. The Sunday Grill on Beat.